This is Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. Some students will come to seminary and say, well, I'm really not a good writer. And I can say, it's okay, you can learn to be a good writer. But there's kind of a separate group of students that say something like, I think God is calling me to write. Hello and welcome to Theology on the Go. I'm Jonathan Master, joined by James Dalzell, my friend, co-host. And today we are joined by the Associate Director for Theological English at Westminster Theological Seminary. I think I got that title right. He tells me this is the only department for Theological English that he is aware of. So we're, we're glad to welcome Pierce Taylor Hibbs. He's also the curator of a website called Words for Theologians. Org. I've had the pleasure of working with Pierce. He's, he's written some things for various Alliance sites. So, Pierce, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, happy to be here. So, we want to talk today a little bit about uh, writing, and specifically theological writing. And, you know, this is a question I actually get asked a fair amount by students and others. They ask me about writing and how to grow as a writer. I know this is something you've thought deeply about, and and I know just a very, very little bit about your own story and your own growth as a writer, but I wonder if you could rehearse some of how it is that you you got into writing more, how you recognized and developed your gifts, and perhaps then how others can do the same thing. Sure. I was a, uh, a professional writing major as an undergrad. Um, so from an early age, I always had an interest in, in writing and so I finished my, my professional writing degree and uh, unexpectedly was called to seminary, um, where I then had to bridge writing well with learning theology and, and how the two of those would come together. Um, and so over the years, I, I think um, going through Westminster's uh, MAR and THM programs was a, a big growing opportunity for me, um, where I really got to practice the the craft of writing in a theological setting. And so that's where I feel like I developed most. Uh, it was probably the last, last several years as I've been uh, working at the seminary, um, helping other students improve in their writing and you know, doing research on this uh, sort of thing and teaching writing to others. So that's a real short version. But, um, but I've always had an interest and a passion for writing and, you know, especially... You know, so as I was younger, I was actually very interested in poetry, which I still read a little bit of now. I, I think can actually sharpen theological writing, although it's, it's probably not as as commonly practiced. So that's a little bit about my writing. Now, I feel like over that time period, I realized that writing was my calling. And, and I do think that that's a, an important question to ask you know, for certain people. You can be a, a good writer and maybe even a great writer without writing being your calling, you know, so that's why I tell some students will come to seminary and say, well, I'm really not a good writer. And I can say, it's okay, you can learn to be a good writer. But there's kind of a separate group of students that um, usually say something like, I think God is calling me to write. And that's, that's somewhat different. I think that's, um, that's where you're, you're really dedicating yourself to the craft and, and the craft itself turns into something that kind of grows you uh, as a person, spiritually, uh, intellectually, certainly. And so I think that that's, that's a separate but related issue. And I think that goes back to the idea that writing is both a skill and an art. So you can be taught how to write well. 
Um, but there's a, there's a certain art to writing that I believe people who are called to do it will develop um, in specific ways depending on where their their focus is. So did you have a point along the way? I mean, you mentioned a number of uh, places where you had the opportunity to write more. You mentioned your college work, your seminary work, and even earlier than that, your your love for writing. But was there a point along the way where you felt as if you moved from the way you articulated it was uh, you moved in, into saying writing is my calling. Uh, I mean, what, yeah. what could you, could you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, I think, um, obviously that's a tough question to answer for people. You know, is writing my calling and how do I decide if it's your calling? Uh, I don't think there's an easy answer to that, but I know for my own life, um, there came a point, um, I think when I was starting the THM, you know, and maybe it was before this, but from what I remember, starting the THM and, and starting to do a lot of research and writing, where I got to the point where I couldn't not write, meaning I, I didn't feel normal. I, I felt pent up and uh, like writing was, was now a necessity. I had to, and I would change my schedule to make it happen. You know, if I have to get up an hour and a half earlier to write, I would start doing that. Coincidentally, when I started writing a lot, we also started having kids which meant we had less time to get things done like that. So um, I started to kind of shape my life around when I could write, you know, when I, when can I get an hour of time in the day to work on a writing project? So I think for me, that was, that was one of the things that helped uh, establish it as a calling. Like this is just something I feel like I can't avoid doing. It's just part of what I, I feel like my purpose has been. And then, you know, there are other factors too. I, I think to a degree, if it's your calling, in some way, I believe you'll have success with it. I don't think that means that you get published right away. You know, there's a lot of good writers that don't get published until much later. But, but in some sense, God is, is going to give you success with it and, and continue to call, you know, call you into doing it in a better way. So those were two things. You know, the, the ability, for me at least, the ability to, to see that I, I can't not do this. I, I feel like I have to do it. And then also, you know, getting to see God's grace and, and starting to give me some success with it. Those were two kind of tangible things that, that helped me decide that, yes, this is writing is my, is my calling. Pierce, what role, uh, if any, did, did other people around you play uh, in this? I, I'm thinking, as I'm hearing you t- describe this as a vocation, uh, I'm thinking of Clowney's book, Call to the Ministry, which obviously sure. he's working with a biblical set of, of data to evaluate calling. But uh, one, one uh, factor is the recognition and the encouragement of others mm-hmm. of that set of gifts. And have there been those who've encouraged, I think some fine writers can maybe go a long time without that encouragement. Um, but how I'm thinking we have a lot of listeners who may not be writers or aspiring writers, but they appreciate good writing. Sure. Um, what role does the non-writer or the person who doesn't have that as a vocation have in in helping to encourage someone who may have that as a calling? Yeah, that's. I'm glad that you asked that. I would say, in answer to the question, how important are you as as someone who's not a writer but maybe is encouraging other writers? You're huge. It's a huge amount of importance that I put on encouragers or mentors that that have pushed me along in the writing process. And part of it, there's several reasons for it. I think part of it is there's always a sense, you know, a sinful sense of ego that comes along with 
writing, whether you're writing for yourself or if you're really writing for, for God, but there's also a sense of self-doubt that, that I carry with me. Oftentimes when I write, I, I usually feel like this just isn't good enough. There's something wrong with this. What if I put this out there and then I realize that I said something wrong? So for me, there's a lot of personal and, and internal discouragement. And so getting support from other people is huge for me because I lack the confidence generally to, to get something out there. And one of the people who I'm sure all of us know who was really big for me actually in starting that process was Carl Truman. Years and years ago, I was you know writing some essays and passing them along to him just because I admired him as a writer and I wanted to get you know some feedback and um, at one point, he stopped up in the, in the office at the writing center and, and said, "Hey, I gave your I gave your name to Jonathan Master over at Place for Truth, and said maybe you can start sending some things to him." And that was that was really uh, uh, kind of my my door into writing more seriously and, and consistently. I thought, you know, if someone that I respect and admire has read something that I've written and, and has said this deserves to be read. doesn't mean he agrees with everything I write, but, but says, you know, you, you have a message here and a voice that needs to be heard. That's, you know, that's really huge. Uh, so Truman was that for me uh, at the beginning. And then ever since then, I've almost everything I write, I filter past uh, Vern Poitras, who's right down the hall. So anyone who knows Vern knows that he is the, uh, the king of giving feedback in a, a speedy manner. So uh, that's been invaluable as well. So yeah, and in, in short, I, I would say if you're someone who encourages another writer, uh, you really don't know how much that means to to a writer. There are some people that I'm sure can abuse that encouragement and, and turn it into egoism. But I think for myself and for many other writers, it's such an encouragement uh, and such a push forward to say, oh yeah, this I think this is my calling. I think God really is giving me some things to say and it and it validates you. Pierce, one of the things I've always appreciated about my interaction with you is it seems as if you're writing you're writing things that you want to have published, but but you're writing first because you have something you want to say. I think sometimes when when I get the question from someone about, you know, how do I get into writing or something like that, however does they phrase it, I think what they sometimes mean is how can I get things with my name published. And and I wonder if yeah. you could sort of talk about that, because there is a fine line there. Obviously, you're writing to be read. But on the other hand, it seems like there has to be something in the best writers. There, there's something deeper going on where, where you're actually writing because you have something you want to say. So have you helped people navigate through that? Or have you yourself thought through that? Yeah, certainly. I, I think... Um I mean, obviously, as a, as a professional writing major and being interested in it from my youth, I, I've always written, but I don't feel like I had the kind of drive or push to, to really write until I, um, I read Vern's, Vern Poitras' book on language. And I was, you know, being an English major, I, I was kind of set on fire and started thinking about language. And then I started studying Kenneth Pike, who was Vern's teacher and got into the THM. And then I think that for me, that was a kind of moment where I felt like, okay, now I have something to say. And so I was much more earnest in pursuing the craft and trying to get a message out there because I had a message. 
I think for, you know, for a lot of writers, you can be tempted to get something out there when you don't really have a message yet, or it's not fully developed. Um, and that's, that's certainly a danger. And if you're in that position and you think, oh, well, I haven't studied something in depth and then what do I have to say to someone? I encourage people by just saying, you know, you have experiences as a unique, you know, image bearer of God that God can use through you to bless the church and, and to deepen the body of Christ. Um, so one of the first things that made me start writing a great deal was, was when my father passed away when I was 18. So I didn't have to study anything you know, at that point to start writing and just, you know, try to get um, sentiment on a page and um, explore how I could portray feelings that were going on inside of me. So you can be certainly an expert in a certain field, but if people are just looking to write, I say, you, you know, nothing's keeping you from writing. You just have to write about your experiences, which in a sense can be your message. I don't know if that's an encouragement to, to people, but that's, that's what I would do. You don't want to just write just to be published, although you do want to write to be read. I mean, you, that's the point of writing, I think, is to, to shape readers' perspectives. So you want that to happen, but I think that you have to either have a message that's very clearly defined because you've studied something uh, and meditated on it a lot, or you just have some very unique experiences that you feel like, hey, maybe I can reflect on this and God can use it to shape other people. Pierce, thanks for that. Do you have any particular writers that you read to help you write? And I don't, I don't mean necessarily the ones that are writing in your field theologically or, or philosophically, sure. but just, just writers that you think are strong writers that would help Christian writers articulate themselves better or that have helped you personally to do that. Yes. Yes. I'm glad you asked that. I have a list. But okay. I won't go into I won't go into great depth because that's overwhelming. But you know, in terms of Christian you know Christian authors, there's plenty of those I could list. But I know Carl Truman used to always say uh, John Henry Newman, and so I would I would always look at his stuff just to see what he was doing. But for non-Christian writers to start, I really enjoy reading E.B. White. Uh, E.B. White, you know, if anyone that can write for the New Yorker for decades and then also write a children's novel you know he wrote um uh, charlotte's web and he's his essays are fantastic just you know clear crisp the, the, my favorite collection of his is called one man's meat elements of style and all those elements of style yep he's in there and i think i, I think few people pick up elements of style and realize that that the person who wrote or helped write that was was also the author of Charlotte's Web. Yeah, yeah. Um, So yeah, just a great, you know, command of the craft. Uh, George Orwell is, you know, usually referenced as one of the best prose writers in English um, for a good reason. Christians need to read him carefully because in, in one of his essays, he actually says that one of the reasons why he writes is pure egoism. And that's certainly not what you want to model as a, as a Christian, but in terms of his prose style, almost unparalleled, just, you know, clear, crisp sentences, really vivid imagery. So you can, you could read almost anything that he's written. And then for people interested in someone more contemporary, there's a, a Scandinavian author named Karl Ove Kanalskar. He's written a series of books uh, among many others that are kind of reflections on concrete things in his life and he's gifted I, I just give i give readers a warning that his punctuation is horrific 
you know, it's very modernist, uh, kind of th- throw commas wherever you feel like it, you know. So that, that, you know, as I read that as a writing teacher, it makes me churn. But, but his, um, his focus on the concrete things around him and the way that he almost, he kind of imbibes those things with a sanctity that Christians can certainly appreciate and even can go further with. You know, there are things that I've read of his and I thought, wow, you're seeing something that's really profound here, but how much more could you see if, if you had a biblical faith behind you? So those, those are three that come to mind right away. E.B. White, George Orwell, and, and Carl Ove Canalsgaard. Um, and I, when I read those people, I specifically think about how are they doing what they're doing. Uh, you know, what they're doing is obviously effective. It's, it's you know, striking home with people. Why is it doing that? And you start to look at things like um, the use of vocabulary and sentence length and rhythm and, you know, repetition of vowel sounds and consonant sounds, all that kind of detail, which you don't have to know the mechanics of to learn from. You just have to read it. You just read it and, and then you take a few things and try it out on your own. Pierce, thanks for your time today. Thanks for your ongoing work in writing. I would again commend to our listeners wordsfortheologians.org. Pierce has also written two books, one of which is already out. No, three books, two of which are already out. And a third one is about to be out called Finding God in the Ordinary. So, Pierce Taylor Hibbs, thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having me, guys. So, James, just just touching on a few things that Pierce mentioned. I mean, I, I really have to say in working with him, he is uh, he is someone who strikes me as dedicated to what he has to say. And I, and I think that probably is the key, isn't it? I mean, I make no claim to be a great writer, but anything I've written that, that's been helpful at all to other people has probably been helpful because it became clear in my own mind and I, and I had something clear that I wanted to say. And Pierce also touched on it uh, as we discussed aspiring to be a writer, but, but to what end? And mm-hmm. it's not uncommon uh, especially as you're going through grad school, that uh, a student gets sort of starry-eyed about some favorite authors and starts imagining uh, a book with a catchy title and his name or her name on the cover. And uh, you can start to be driven by this desire to be published with the right publisher and to be recognized. And of course, part of this might be angling for future job opportunities. And there is the question of whether there's something that you have to say about which you have deep conviction and, and as a Christian writer is particularly designed to advance the kingdom of God and his glory. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes even Christian grad students or aspiring authors can lose sight of that factor. And I think uh, Pierce is right. When there's something that you have to say, and again, if it's Christian writing that you're doing, that it's something that is uh, that you have to say that is advancing God and his glory and the good of his people. I do sometimes think, you know, when I, when I see another book catalog or get the latest release, Oh, not another one, you know, so it is true. What Ecclesiastes says of making of books, there is no end, but uh, nonetheless, writers and gifted writers have had an enormous influence on my life. Can't imagine my Christian life without many of the Christian authors whom we've both read and and enjoyed. So certainly it is a gift that God gives to his people, but uh, you know, like anything, I suppose we have to sort the wheat from the chaff and recognize the mixed motives that can come about whenever you're in any kind of public ministry. 
Right. And even as uh, he mentioned George Orwell, who wrote from bad motives, but wrote interesting things and wrote them well. So being able to discern that, but at least so far as from the subjective side of being the writer and aspiring to it, we ought to have uh, more holy and noble uh, intentions in our work. Well, thank you once again for listening to this episode of Theology on the Go. We'd point you again to Pierce's website, wordsfortheologians.org, and we appreciate your listening today. Uh, We could not do this podcast without the generosity of listeners like you. So if you're able to give, you can do that at alliancenet.org or placefortruth.org. There's a donate button on each of those sites. And again, recommend the podcast. If you have questions, feel free to email them to us. Comments, email them to us. And thanks again for listening to Theology on the Go, a brief interview about an eternal truth. 